What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. A cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Jeremiah chapter 31. I'm going to be reading a a story out of uh, my first book, The Great Cow Mission, called Bull Pulling. There was a bull one time on the Rockerby Ranch that was just a little bit full of himself. He had just reached his full height and weight, and I have to say, he was impressive. He went into that pasture and quickly became the head honcho. Every bovine, big or small, stayed clear of this huge black bull. We were gathering his pasture, and it was time to take the bulls off of the cows. The bulls only stayed with the cows at certain times of the year so we could have a uniform calf crop. We got all the cattle gathered in the pasture, except our newest hotshot. He got right up to the pens and then decided that he wasn't going to go in. He ran off about half a mile and stood there. We went ahead and worked all the cattle, and we would deal with him later. After we got done, we all got horseback and headed out to bring this bull in. It was like a sheriff's posse going after Billy the Kid. When he saw us coming, he took off. We all grinned like, like monkeys during a food fight and shot after him. We shucked out the loops and spurred our horses. The first rope landed right around his neck, but that didn't slow him down any. That cowboy was trying to slow him down, but the bull just kept going. The second loop landed and pulled tight. Now he was beginning to slow up a little bit. A third loop fell on him, and now he realized that running away would not work. He thought now was the time to fight. We had that bull roped four times, and we held him on four corners, three head loops and one hind foot. We let him just stand there and breathe. He had tried to charge some of the horses, but each time he ran at a horse, the other three cowboys would slide in behind to stop him. Once he stopped, we all spread back out. This happened several times while we waited on the truck and trailer to get there. When the trailer arrived, we tried in vain to pull that big bull into it. I kept telling him that it was in his best interest to go in that trailer on his own. Two horses just couldn't get him pulled in. The bull got right up to the edge and then locked his front legs underneath the edge of the trailer. We couldn't budge him. Our cattle foreman then showed up and never said a word as he backed up alongside the trailer. We took two ropes that were around the bull's neck and tied them to the gooseneck hitch. He told everyone to back up in case the ropes broke. Jim Ed slowly backed, walked back and got in his truck. He put it in drive and gave it some gas. Those two ropes seemed to stretch like rubber bands. The bull gave a thunderous groan as every muscle in his body resisted the pull of the ropes. I wasn't sure which would give. I was amazed at the power of that bull. I just knew something was going to break, and honestly, I thought it was going to be the bull's front legs. With a thunderous crash, the bull lost the fight and was slingshotted into the front of that trailer. He just laid there. Nothing had broke, except the bull's pride. We got the ropes off and the trailer closed. Jim Ed walked back to the trailer and said to the bull, I sure am glad you learned your lesson today. I know it seems pretty bad right now, but I just saved your life. If we hadn't got you in, I'd have shot you. There's no room on this ranch for a wild bull. Jeremiah chapter 31, 18 through 22 says, The people of Israel moan and say to me, We were like wild bulls, but you, Lord, broke us and we learned to obey. You are our God. Please let us come home. 
When we were young, we strayed and sinned, but then we realized what we had done. We are ashamed and disgraced and want to return to you. People of Israel, you are my own dear children. Don't I love you best of all? Though I often make threats, I want you to be near me, so I will have mercy on you. I, the Lord, have spoken. With rock piles and signposts, mark the way home, my dear people. It is the same road by which you left. Will you ever decide to be faithful? I will make sure that someday things will be different, as different as a woman protecting a man. There are a lot of wild bulls out here today, those bulls who think they are so tough and don't need God. Well, God sends his cowboys out to save these wild bulls. If the cowboys can't get them in the trailer and take them to greener pasture, then they get the cooking fire. If God has got his loop on you and you are still resisting, please stop before it's too late. Just walk on in the trailer. Jesus Christ is waiting on you in the front to comfort you and show you a better way of life. Let him show you the greener pastures. Today we are going to talk about some greener pastures. Today we're going to talk about what I have termed the Trinity Ranch Blueprint. And today we're going to be talking about heart, mind, and body. If you have been to the Truth Project on, on Sunday nights, we're finishing up our last deal. Some of this may sound familiar to you. Um, I wasn't smart enough to kind of come up with this on my own, but I took a great idea and I made it cowboy. And I, what I'm trying to tell y'all is that there is a blueprint that has been around since the dawn of time of how we should live our lives, of the way we should do things, and the natural order of things. So I want y'all to pay attention. What would happen if cattle did whatever they wanted to? What would happen if cowboys didn't show their horses what they were supposed to do? What would happen if horses were scared of cattle? What would happen if cowboys didn't take care of their horses? What would happen if cowboys didn't take care of their cattle? This natural way of doing things, a blueprint, if you will, for the way the relationships on a ranch works. Follow me here. The cowboy makes the decisions, right? The cowboy is the head honcho on the ranch. He tells his horse when to go. He tells his horse when to woe. He tells his horse when to back up, speed up, side pass, open the gate, whatever the case may be. Let's drag a calf, um, just whatever. Have you ever seen a horse that don't do what the cowboy told him to? Should have been out there with me watching, watching me ride yesterday, and you'd have seen a little bit of that. Ace decided about halfway through that. He didn't want to do what I told him to, and we had a come-to-Jesus meeting out there. We had cowboy church out in the middle of the pasture. I laid hands on him. Not spurs. Stop it. The cowboy makes the decisions. The cowboy also makes the decisions concerning the cattle. What pasture they're in, when they get boyfriends, and for how long. Who stays on the ranch? Who gets sold? The horse submits to the will of the cowboy so that the horse knows which cow to cut out which calf to rope, in which direction to push the cattle. So here is the blueprint. Follow me here. The cowboy is the head of the ranch, and he tells his horse what to do, and the horse does what the cowboy tells him to. The horse does what the cowboy says to do, but the horse kind of tells what the cattle what to do. If the cattle don't mind the horse, then they get roped or, or whatever the case may be. The cowboy is the head of the ranch. The cowboy loves his horse. The cowboy loves his cattle. The horse submits only to the will of the cowboy, not the will of the cattle. And the horse helps care for the cattle. And the cattle will submit to the will of the cowboy and the horse. This blueprint has been around forever. 
It has always been there. It will always be there. The blueprint is referred to as the Trinity. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The relationship between God the Father and the Son. John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Have you ever seen a cowboy and his horse that seem like they they don't even have to do anything? Each one of them knows what the other one's going to do, no matter what's going on. It's like they're moving around in one. I think that lady's name was Stacy Westfall. Did y'all ever see that, that video of her doing that raining pattern? And there was no... There wasn't no bridle, there wasn't no nothing. I mean, that girl was just sitting up there and she was just holding on for dear life and it just looked like like robots or something. It was amazing. The relationship between the Father and the Son, the relationship between God and Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 30, again, he said, I and the Father are one. In chapter 20, verse 21, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So you've got God up here. You've got Jesus right here. Jesus submits only to the will of the Father. God loves his Son. And then you have the Holy Spirit that submits to the will of Jesus and to the will of God. And the relationship between God and the Holy Spirit is this. John 14, 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So let's look at our example here. God is the cowboy on the ranch. I am explaining a blueprint, and it will become better apparent in a minute how we're going to apply this to your lives. God is the cowboy. Jesus is the horse. He only submits to the will of the Father in order to do what God wants him to do. The Holy Spirit is like the cattle. The Holy, the Holy Spirit submits to the will of Jesus and to the will of God. Together, they make one God. Just because you have a cowboy doesn't mean you have a ranch. Just because you have a cowboy and a horse That don't mean you have a ranch. But if you have a cowboy that loves his horse and cattle, and a horse that submits to the cowboy because of the love that is shown to him, and cattle that are willing to follow the cowboy and horse, then you have a ranch. There is a natural order, a way to do things. God is the head. Jesus submits to the will of the Father. The Father loves the Son. The Holy Spirit submits to the will of Jesus and submits to the will of God. Love flows down, submission flows up. Now let's talk about that love and submission. You want to get a woman riled up? Why don't you quote the deal about the the wife is supposed to submit to the will of her husband? You better have the full armor of God on when you do that, buddies. I guarantee you. But, but does that make the Bible wrong? No, it doesn't. But what we do is we focus on the submission instead of the love. Submission gets a bad rap, but it shouldn't. Submission doesn't mean doing what you're told. It is the act of following someone else's lead because of the love that you are shown. Jesus didn't submit to the will of the Father just because he was God and he shook his finger at him. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me because God loves the Son. It was because of that love that flowed down from God for his Son that Jesus was submitting to him. Submission in a biblical sense, which is the only true way of doing anything, cannot occur except in the presence of love. Think about that. Jesus submitted to the will of God because the love of God had been given to him. God is love, and submission is the act of giving the love that you are shown, giving it back. 
Let's look at how we can apply this to our lives now. I know that was kind of boring and stuff like that with all the the God, the Father, the Holy Spirit submitting here and submitting there. But what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to show how this blueprint needs to be applied in nearly every area of our lives. But we have to start with the most important area first. The body, mind, and heart. Your body, mind, and heart are all connected. So where do they fit in this blueprint? Our hearts or souls, okay? Jared got up here this morning and read what Jesus said, one of the two greatest commandments are, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, with all your mind. We are supposed to love God with all of our hearts and souls. Our hearts should be running our lives. And when I say our hearts, I'm talking about a heart that follows God. Everything should flow from that love. Our hearts tell our minds and bodies what to do. We get our hearts right by following God and giving Him our lives. Matthew 10, 28 says, Do not be afraid of people. They can kill your body, but they cannot harm your soul. They cannot harm your heart. And I'm not talking about the heart that beats. I'm talking about the heart, the innermost being of yourself. They can kill your body, but they cannot harm your soul. Instead, you should fear God who can destroy both your body and your soul. Deuteronomy 28.2 says, All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. See, your heart should be filling the mind and body with God's love, and your heart should guide everything you do, say, and believe. Your heart, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the gate through which all blessings flow. That's what Deuteronomy 28.2 means. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you. Only if you open up that gate to your heart. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you really can't call upon all of His promises. Those promises of peace, patience, and comfort, and and providing for your needs, and all of that, all of that comes as a result of you opening the gate to your heart and allowing Him to come in and fill your life. Our hearts are the cowboy of ourselves. Our hearts should run everything. What's the next step down? Our minds. Our minds are the horse. Your mind should only submit to your heart through which God speaks. Your mind controls the body. Some people might disagree with that. But your mind controls the body. Let me ask you a question. When you're real depressed, what happens to your body? Your body shuts down. Stress does incredibly detrimental things to your body. I know that last week, um, I I day worked a couple of times and uh, was working and and the stress of, of, of being laid off my job and everything like that. Thursday, that thing finally hit. All of that stress was building up and I couldn't hardly put one foot in front of the other. Stress does incredibly bad things to our bodies. But if our minds are set upon what God wants us to do from the blessings and promises that he's given us, then that stress should never have affected me. I should have been able to call upon God, call upon his promises. If your mind says that it loves the body, then you feel comfortable. Think about that. I I can promise you, some people worry about uh, being overweight or something like that. Folks, I promise you, it's kind of a, a, a faux pas to go up and tell somebody that they're fat, 
but for some reason it's just perfectly fine for somebody to go up and say, well, you're too skinny. Well, I promise you guys, if I could put 20 pounds on, I would, but I had pancreas surgery when I was 15, and I can't overeat or it kills me. But when our mind tells our body that it's loved, then we feel confident about ourselves. No longer does that bother me. I take it as a sign of compliment. I told some, I told, where's Kathy? I told Kathy this morning, I'm like barbed wire. If your mind says that it loves the body, then you feel confident. If your mind doesn't love the body, then you feel self-conscious. And I know that a lot of people are self-conscious about something. Whether it's you wear glasses, or you, you think you're overweight, or you're underweight, or, or, or whatever the case may be. But how your mind thinks affects the rest of your body. What you think should only come from your heart, which leans on the promises of God. God said, I made you in the womb. I know every hair on your head. You were created in the image of me. You should love yourself as much as you love me. The second of those great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Jesus is saying, and I'm not talking about loving yourself as being real conceited or anything like that, but you should love yourself because God loves you so much. Why? John 3.16, for God so loved you that he sent, he gave his only son to die on a cross that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Our bodies, our bodies are the cattle. Our bodies should submit to the will of our mind, and our bodies should submit to the will of our hearts, because that's the natural blueprint of the way things are supposed to flow. But too often, this blueprint gets messed up. The world will tell you, let your body lead the way. Let what makes you feel good, what your body feels good. See, a lot of people judge whether something's right or wrong, good or bad, based on how they feel about it, what their body, how their body reacts to it. When you're having a good day, your body feels good, you've got a spring in your step, you're loping out across the pasture, you can throw a thousand loops. But if you start messing up or something like that, if you don't think that you're having a good day, then you drag, your shoulders sloop, your head goes down. Your body should be submitting to the will of your mind that has been submitting to the will of your heart that is leaning on the promises of God. What your mind tells you is the truth. See, a lot of people, a lot of people that aren't following this blueprint, I, I've heard it said when you watch the Truth Project, there's, a, there's this, uh, this lady on there that, that is some like universalist or something like that. She's like, um, heaven is whatever you want it to be. And, um, you know, whatever you think is actually how things are. No, that is not true whatsoever. You cannot just think a certain way, and that makes it so. What makes something so, what makes something truth, is what is in the Bible. What God says is the truth. What God says is the way. And what God says is the life, which is Jesus Christ himself. Your soul is only something to worry about when you die. See, that, that, that's messed up too. See, a lot of people don't start worrying about their eternal life until maybe they get sick. You should be worried about your eternal life right now. I guarantee you, I told you about that pancreas surgery. I was laying on a CAT scan table in uh, Baylor Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. 
They were doing a, a CAT scan after my surgery to make sure that that plumber that fixed me had done a good job, make sure the PVC pipes weren't leaking or nothing like that. And they put iodine dye into my vein, I guess, so they could light it up, like look like a Coors sign in a bar or something. And I was laying there in that old fella, and I'd had some CAT scans before. It wasn't no big deal. They shove you down in a chute and turn this knocking thing on, and you ain't supposed to move or anything. So I was laying there bored. He started that deal, and he said, if you start feeling funny, let me know. I said, okay. So I walk back. He walks back there. And he goes, you doing, you doing okay? I said, it kind of feels like I'm getting asthma. So he comes walking back around there, and he goes, how are you doing now? I said, it feels like it's getting worse. I had an allergic reaction to that iodine dye, and it paralyzed my diaphragm while I was laying there awake. All of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. He walked over there to a, to a deal. He picked up a phone and he said, stat to CT room one. And about that time, the cavalry showed up. They come crashing through there and they stuck this deal down my throat. Looked like a, a big old shoehorn and they peeled my head back and they shoved a tube down my throat to make me breathe. All while I was sitting there awake. I guarantee you, when you go through something like that, you start worrying about your eternal soul. But don't wait for a near-death experience. I remember I was laying there like this, and everything started getting black, and I just knew I was dying, which in actuality, I was just running out of oxygen, but you couldn't have told me that at the time. Everything started getting black, and I looked up, and I grabbed that doctor by the, by the tie, because that's what cowboys do. I grabbed him by the tie, I jerked him down there, and I went, help me. And the fear in that man's eyes when he looked at me, and he said, God, Kevin, I'm trying. That'll chill your bones. I had a, a, a black nurse that was sitting there. She was an angel. I guess her job was to hold my hand. And she sat there and she held my hand. And finally, I kept trying to put my feet up on the cat skin deal because I thought maybe it would help me breathe better. And finally, I just laid my feet down. And she goes, don't you give up on me, son. And I, I looked at her and I mouthed, pray for me. And she said, I have been since I came in here. And all of a sudden, the lights went out. And the last thing that I saw was the best way I can picture it is a disco ball. And in each one of those little mirrors was a face of somebody that I loved. And it was spinning very fast. And I told everybody bye at the right time. And the last thing I said was I looked at that nurse and I said, it's okay, tell my mom I love her. Then I woke up in recovery with the worst headache you've ever experienced in your life. I woke up and there's a pretty nurse beside me. Just knew I was in heaven. I didn't know heaven. You got to lay there in a gurney in a gown with your backside showing and have a pretty lady next to you. I looked at her and I said, is this heaven? She said, no, this is recovery. Dang it. Guess the snow cone's out of order then. She said, would you like to call your mom? I said, I guess I better. So she dialed my room number and my mom answered and it sounded like this. <laughs> And I said, hi, Mom. And she went, I did. I thought that too. You should have been where I was sitting. The world will tell you to let your body lead the way, but that's not the natural blueprint. The, the world will tell you that your mind, whatever you believe is the truth, is the truth. But that's not the natural way of doing things. That's not the way God designed it. And the world will tell you that your soul is only something to worry about when you die. I say worry about it now because none of us have an expiration date stamped on the bottom of our foot. You have an opportunity here to make things right.
to start following that blueprint. But that blueprint, the very first step is to follow Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you want to get yourself in a train wreck, let your body lead the way. Let your mind decide what is right or wrong instead of a heart that follows God. Do you find yourself depressed, angry, lonely, bitter, jealous, hurt, confused? Do you feel like you're just at your wit's end? Then get your heart right with God. Let your heart lead your mind and body by letting God's love flow through it. Let your mind submit only to your heart where God resides, and let your body submit to both your heart and mind. Round up your cattle and get your ranch in order today. Start following this blueprint. It works. Thanks for riding with us today. Our prayer is that God reached out and touched your heart and your guts. This is Kevin Weatherby again, and I'd like to invite you to attend one of our cowboy services in person. You just saddle up and ride on down to Kiowa, Colorado, and out to the Elbert County Fairgrounds every Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, you can mosey on by www.savethecowboy.com. We hope to see you real soon. Save the Cowboy is brought to you by Barry Ward at barrywardmusic.com. Tumbleweed Hay, you can reach them at 303-324-8217. Western LLC, 303-407-3995. And the fine folks at Look East Realty, 303-644-4444. I'd like to say welcome to our newest radio sponsor, Integrity Auto Repair. Stop by and see Jim and Kelly Gerald in Kiowa, Colorado. Or visit them on the website at IntegrityAutoRepairColorado.com or give them a call at 303-621-2854. Hey, we want to hear what you have to say. It doesn't matter if you have a cowboy story, a testimony, or even a prayer request. Y'all just go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on the Contact Us page and we'll get right back to you. Until next time, this is Pastor Kevin Weatherby. We'll see you again real soon.